welcome to morning prayers. Please stand as you are able to join me in a responsive reading from your Black Appleton Psalter book of Psalm 75, found on page 38. We give you thanks, O God, we give you thanks, calling upon your name and declaring all your wonderful deeds. The earth and all its inhabitants are quaking, I will make its pillars fast. I will say to boasters, boast no more, and to the wicked, do not toss your horns. Do not toss your horns so high, nor speak with a proud neck. For judgment is neither from the east nor from the west, nor yet from the wilderness or the mountains. You are judge, O God. You put down one and lift up another. Bring your hand to the top, full of spice and foaming wine, which you pour out, and all the wicked of the earth shall drink and drink in the rest. But I will rejoice forever. I will sing praises to you, O God of Jacob. For you will break off all the horns of the wicked, but the horns of the Thank you. 
Since the dawn of Judaism, people have reflected on what was so special about Abraham. Why did Abraham merit to be called by God to go to the land of Israel to learn of God's oneness, to become the father of the Jewish people? Why out of a whole world of idol worshipers did one person find God? One answer comes from the 5th century traditional Midrash, the rabbinic commentary, Bereshit Rabbah. And God said to Avram, go to your, from your land, your birthplace, and your father's house. To what may this be compared? To a man who was traveling from place to place when he saw a palace in flames. He wondered, is it possible that this palace has no owner? The owner of the palace looked out and said, I am the owner of the palace. So too Abraham, our father, said, is it possible that this world lacks a ruler? God looked out to him and said, I am the ruler, the sovereign of the universe. Rabbi Sir Jonathan Sachs, the former chief rabbi of Britain, explains the Midrash in one way. Abraham's bewilderment is clear. Sensitive, this sensitive human being gazes at a brilliantly structured universe, a splendid piece of art. He is overwhelmed by the grandeur of the sunset and the miracle of childbirth. He marvels at the roaring ocean waves, at the silent, steady beat of the human heart. The world is indeed a palace, but the palace is in flames. The world is full of bloodshed, injustice, and strife. Thugs, abusers, rapists, kidnappers, and killers are continuously demolishing the palace, turning our world into an ugly, tragic battlefield of untold pain and horror. Note that the owner of the palace does not make any attempt to get out of the burning building or to extinguish the flames. He is merely stating that he is the owner of the palace that is going up in smoke. It is if... Instead of racing out, the owner was talking and calling out for help. God made the palace, man set the fire, and only man can put out the flames. Abraham asks God, where are you? God replies, I am here. Where are you? Man asks God, why did you abandon the world? God asks man, why did you abandon me? This interpretation of Rabbi Sachs deeply touches my heart. It calls us to take responsibility for this world and our connection to God. It is important for us to wake up, to notice, and to take action. The shortcoming of this interpretation, though, is that according to the Midrash, human beings didn't start the fire. In the words of Billy Joel, it was always burning since the world was turning. God is the creator and owner of the world that was built to burn. God built it with dry tinder. God lit the match. The world has been burning at least since this Midrash was written 1,600 years ago. But in truth, it's been burning forever. Perhaps, perhaps, like Moses' burning bush, the world is a wake-up call. Perhaps we, like Abraham, can encounter God amongst the destruction. 
How long does it take to stare at a burning bush before you realize that it's not being consumed? Three minutes? Seven minutes? If most of us were walking down the street and saw a burning garbage can or a burning bush, we would either keep walking or run to put it out. But both Moses and Abraham stopped to gaze at the destruction. Both of them found God. Friends, every morning I open the New York Times and bemoan the horrifying events of the past day. I am angry and frustrated to see what's wrong and fearful that we will not be able to fix the world's problems. I worry that my child will inherit a world that is worse than the broken one that I have been given. I usually shut the newspaper and try to forget about those feelings. I walk right by that burning bush, that burning citadel. Sometimes I rush in to try to put out the flames by picking up one social justice issue or another. Maybe I even stomp out a small bit of a fire to try to save something precious. What made Abraham unique was that he didn't either. When walking down the path, he saw a world that was burning. He didn't cover his eyes or ignore it. He didn't run in and try to fix it. He watched it. He wondered about it. He prayed about it, asking, is it possible that this palace has no owner? He saw the destruction of the world. He saw that the world was built to burn, and he said, oh, someone must have built a burning world. There must be a creator. There must be a God. There must be one God in heaven and on earth. You see, friends, this is what I believe monotheism really means, to say that there is no heavenly force other than God. Even in the midst of the burning and the suffering, even amongst the murder, the chaos, and the rising sea levels, it's all part of God's ever-burning castle. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't strive to make the world better. We should act, and act decisively and effectively. However, if we want to cultivate our monotheism, or possibly even our prophecy, we must cultivate a practice of listening to suffering, listening to destruction, and listening to the true state of the world. And maybe, just maybe, we'll hear God. I'd invite you now into a moment of prayerful silence. Now if you would stand as you are able to join together in singing the hymn, God is our refuge and our strength, hymn number 192.
let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord in all that we do. Amen. 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 Thank you.